there, Dreamfinder here. <clears throat> Sorry, Ron Schneider here, and you're listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 120 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to Stories of the Magic, we are a positive and story-filled Disney podcast offering stories from cast members, Imagineers, artists, actors, and more, including guests, promoting a mutual love of Disney, celebrating and preserving the Disney magic and legacy, and inspiring people to live their dreams just as Walt Disney did. If that appeals to you or piques your curiosity, you're definitely in the right place, and I'm glad you're here. In this episode, we begin a conversation with Jennifer Marks, who has waited much too long for me to get this episode released. Jennifer is the founder and creator of the Passporter Guidebooks, which has expanded into much more than that. And the Passporter Guides are pretty incredible themselves. In this episode, Jennifer talks about what's making her smile today, how she became interested in Disney, especially in Walt Disney World, what stands out to her from her first trip there as an adult, how the Passporter Guidebook came to be, what makes Passporter different from other guidebooks, how it's changed over the years, the introduction of the brand new Live Guides. This is an amazing new product. Some of the major milestones between the first Passporter and the Live Guides, when it outgrew or really redirected from her original vision, whether she gets carried away making updates in the Live Guides because it's just so much fun, and the biggest challenges that she's faced along the way. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and begin this story. everyone are you looking for a fun-filled and family-friendly star wars and disney podcast if you answered yes then join me and my sweetie wife on skywalking through neverland you can hear us every week we are skywalking through neverland wherever podcasts are played we look forward to having you in our skywalker family and now this week's interview on stories of the magic one thing you've heard from past Stories of the Magic guests who have created a book, an album, a podcast, whatever it may be, is that they did it because they wanted one. The same is true for me with the books that I've written. But sometimes those things we create grow far beyond something we create for ourselves, and other people happen to like it too. Jennifer Marks fell in love with Walt Disney World on her first visit as a teenager in 1983. She has since returned many, many more times, visiting every park, attraction, resort, and restaurant at least once, though I suspect that there might be a couple new ones that need to be gotten to now with Disney Springs being open. Uh, as author of more than a dozen popular books, she yearned to write one about Walt Disney World, but felt no interest in churning out just another travel guide with so many excellent books that were already available. But when she hit upon the idea of the Passporter guidebooks, she knew she could offer her fellow vacationers something unique and valuable. Growing far beyond that original Walt Disney World guidebook, 
Passporter now includes multiple editions covering much of the Disney parks and resorts, plus niche books, a website, a podcast, and I'm sure I'm missing at least one thing. This is quite a story, so Jennifer, welcome to Stories of the Magic. Thank you, Randy. Thanks for having me on. It is my pleasure. That was quite an introduction. <laughs> I, 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 it's been a while since I was a guest on a podcast and someone introduced me like that. <laughs> well, I'm honored to be the first one in a while. I am, I am flattered. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so what's making you smile today? Well, okay. Today, today I made a blog and a website for someone, um, a friend of mine who has been wanting one for a really long time. And has been trying. I've been giving her advice and, and tips and stuff. And she just couldn't get over the horror hurdles. So finally, I'm like, hey, why don't I just do this for you? And so I made it. I got her domain and I got her website up within like an hour. And it was so awesome to be able to just make this happen for her. Like it made me like all day I've been feeling great because of it. Like I just whipped that baby out. It was so cool. So. That's making me smile today. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, also, and also, my son is like an amazing chef, and he made Adobe chicken tacos for dinner today. Oh, so yeah. That was really good. I'll be yeah, right there. I think really it's good. only a couple thousand miles, so <laughs> yeah, keep plus some in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> now, I touched on this in your introduction, but can you tell me more about how you became interested in Disney to begin with? Sure. So um, in the early 90s, I went to Disney World as an adult. So my the first two times I had gone, I was just a kid, one-day trips. You know, it gave me a glimpse of what was there, but it wasn't until I went as an adult and my actually my first resort hotel was the Grand Floridian and when I was there for a week that I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing, right? And I basically was hooked, like, from – but honestly, it was even before I got there because I got all the books and I read all the books like over and over and over. Right. You know what that's like. So I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. So um, I became a fan as an adult. Um, so I guess I was in my early 20s or something at a time. And and so I would go back year after year, just like many of us do. <laughs> so it was Walt Disney World that did it. Okay, so you started with the Grand Floridian. There was pretty much no place to go but down after that. <laughs> I know, but, you know, I mean, they all have their own charms. So that wasn't really a big deal to me at all. I mean, the next resort I went to was Port Orleans. So, you know, and I thought that was really awesome, too. I was yeah. pretty good with both of them. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you went from a, a deluxe to a moderate. I was afraid you were going to say that your next one was like All-Star Sports. Oh. That would have been a big jump. <laughs> Yeah, that might have been a really big jump. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I have stayed at all of the resorts, all, all of the resorts. And I have eaten at, at every resort or sorry, restaurant, except you're right, the ones that opened in Disney Springs just uh, you know a few months ago. So because there's been a lot of new restaurants opening. So I have those are on my list. But when I went in February, I had gotten I got caught up. So now I just have to get caught up from February to my next trip. So. Oh, good. Which is okay. Uh -huh. okay. <laughs> that's a part of my job that's really awesome is getting to try all the new stuff. Yeah. You have to, right? <laughs> it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it, I guess. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that first trip as an adult, besides uh, just how amazing the Grand Floridian was, what stands out to you that you really remember that made this such an um, important thing in your life? Oh, you know, I think I think it's, a lot of it's not, I don't think it's one thing. I mean, I definitely remember, you know, laying there in bed at the Grand Floridian 
um, and it had like a dormer room. I don't know if you know what those are, but they're the ones like on the top floors that have like a little triangle at the top and like just being like, this is the life. I mean, this is amazing. This is so cool. And I felt secure because Disney always makes me feel like, you know, safe and secure. And like I had all these cool things to do. And, and I think that feeling really made a difference, but I think a lot of it actually came before the trip, um, reading all the books and, you know, making plans, um, is, was really, really what sold it, to be honest. So when they say planning is half the fun, it really was in my case. I just had a blast doing it. Wow. And so you knew before getting there how much there was to do and how amazing. And you're like, yeah. I know I can't do it all. So you were right. primed yeah. for your next trip before you even left on that first one. Right, right. I mean, I had, um, so this is going way back because it's a long time. I think it's before you started going to Disney World. But um, so I had Rita Arrow's Walt Disney World for Adults and I had the official guide and I had the unofficial guide. Those are the three books at the time that were, you know, the, the must read books and they all complemented each other really well. And I just I just read them till they fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I had a really good idea of it going going in what to expect and what I couldn't couldn't do. Yeah. It mm-hmm. made a difference. Yeah. So how long was it after you finished that first trip that you started planning the second one? I'm sure it was just within months because I'm, I, I remember coming home and being like, oh, my gosh, it's over. That was so much fun. I want to do it again. Can we do it again? Right. So. <laughs> So I think this was in a few months. I'm like, hey, we go back next year. And then I was planning that one again. I mean, and pretty much for the longest time, it was always the way to get over a trip. Um, you know, when you came home and we we're bummed out was to start planning a new one. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, the way, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That still works. I mean, there's a lot of other ways yes, to go about work. it. But yeah. That's right. <laughs> now, it's one thing to be a Disney fan. And you obviously, like you said, loved planning this. That was one of the major highlights for you. But you've now taken the whole Disney fan planning for a vacation thing to another level entirely. So how did the Passporter Guidebook come to be? Right. So, um, okay. So this is probably on my third or fourth trip. And by this time, I was writing books and really enjoying it. I wrote computer books. Um, and I thought it was really cool. And, of course, I thought to myself, It'd be really cool to write a book about Disney. And like you said in the introduction, you know, there were already really good books out there. So why would I just, you know, reinvent the wheel? That's just silly. Um, but at the time I was scrapbooking my trips. And so I would bring along like a, a big folder, you know, the kind that go into three ring notebook so that I could put all my maps and receipts and all the paper stuff that you get in there so that when I got home, I could scrapbook it. And then I took it a step further and I printed out all of our plans and all of the details about all of the places that we were going to go. And I made basically at the time I made like a mini guidebook for myself. Right. And so it was a lot of work, but of course I liked it because I like planning. And um, so this part I remember really well. So we were on a bus coming back from Epcot. I don't know about you, but buses are like the best time for thinking because there's like nothing to do and it's, it's dark. You mm-hmm. can't really look at anything, right? And so it's like being in a shower, right? Right. So I'm sitting there thinking about, you know, I have this big folder like in my backpack and like it's like, it's like really unwieldy, right? It doesn't fit very well. And how wouldn't it be cool if I had this like pocket that was like size, the size of a guidebook and I could put all my stuff in there and then, Hey, I could write my plans on the front of the pocket. Oh, and then I could write what happened on the back of the pocket and into my head, this like perfect vision of a past pocket, like appeared exactly the way it is today. If you can believe that. So, um, 
So I got home and I started working on it. And then, of course, you know, I had to have like a book to go along with it. So I wrote the book, too. Okay. That, that That's how it happened. And then your next trip was because you had to test it and made sure it worked, right? Right. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> next several trips after that were, um, yeah, like, field testing trips, I think we call them. And, and I would put the whole book together. I have, I still have them. They're on my shelf. And, they're, and then we would take them and we would use them just the way that we thought people would use them. And, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> and it worked. So, uh-huh. it was cool. <laughs> That's great. Yep. So, how long did it take from when you first came up with this idea until you had something that people could buy? I think I got the idea in either 96 or 97. And um, I kind of sat on it for a little bit. You know, I wasn't quite sure and I was busy with work. And then I think, well, I know our first book came out in 99, in, in May of 99, but it was done before then, of course, because it has to be printed. So I guess a couple of years, so, okay. which isn't so bad, really. <laughs> yeah, especially with how different what this is from any other standard book that's out there. It's not like you could just call up a local printer and say, hey, we want to do this. And they say, great, we've got a template and let's run it. Right. Yeah, I I actually, that was really probably one of the hardest things. And in fact, may still be one of the hardest things is finding someone to print it to our specifications. So yeah, (laughs) that's okay. I'm really, I'm really stubborn and I don't give up. So there we go. (laughs) That's good. When there's something that means that much to you, nobody's going to fight for it harder than you will. That's right. That's right. So it's the past pockets that is really what sets, well, I I think that's one of the things that sets Passporter apart, but I was actually just showing it to my brother-in-law five minutes before I got on the phone because he doesn't <laughs> really do Disney planning. He's only been mm-hmm. to Disneyland right. and doesn't really need a guidebook or anything. So he hadn't really heard of Passporter. And so I showed it to him. He's like, wow, this is really cool. And so it's got the past pockets, which is great, but you've got a lot of other stuff in there that's laid out differently than the other guidebooks that I've seen too. So can you kind of describe what it is that sets it apart from the others? Yeah. So um, it's got fold out maps, which I thought was always really cool because I couldn't fit the map in a way that you could read it. Um, And our maps, instead of having like numbers and letters that you have to refer to, which is what Disney does, Mm -hmm. I, I put the name on it so that you it's easier to read right so that requires it mean to be a little bigger than you would have in a standard guidebook and it has worksheets so that you can like make notes as you're planning as you make reservations you can like make notes right in the book and it has stickers <laughs> it has tabs so you can mark pages and that sort of thing but all but one of the big things i think that makes it really different is um the fact that it's really fan focused in other words, so I'm obviously a Disney fan. The, so the people who write it are fans. The people who contribute to it are fans. All those tips and stories and photos in there, they're all contributed by people who love Disney just like me and like all of our readers. And that really, I think, is a big deal, right? And then, of course, you mentioned the way that it's formatted. So I have a, a graphic design background. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm OCD or something, but I really like the idea that topics would start at the top of a page and it was easier to find stuff, right? So that's what I did is I, I like laid it out in a like a very, very chunky, you know, so that one resort starts here and it ends here and it's always, you know, the same from page to page. So there we go. <laughs> that makes sense. I like that. Were there any of those design features that you put in and thought people are going to love this and then you got feedback where, you know, enough people said, you know, this is not really what I want, that you ended up changing something? 
Yes, I, we did change things. So our first edition, we thought people would mostly only care about the pockets, but would want to have some information, but not like, let's say, the amount of information you find in an official guide, right? So the first edition was maybe, I think it was under 200 pages long, and that attraction descriptions, and they're like little charts, right? So the attraction charts were just one or two lines. They were in fact, they might not have even been charts. They might have just been like one-line descriptions because I thought that people didn't really want to know that much about the attractions, right, except other than like basic information. But I was wrong, and they told me that. And I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. So so we went back in and we wrote long descriptions and put in the charts for all the attractions. So that's a good example, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what other changes has there been uh, from what you first envisioned kind of to what exists today. I imagine there's been quite a few. Yeah. So, well, we, in the beginning, it was black and white, and then it was just two color. And now, of course, it's color and with lots of photos. In the beginning, we couldn't even publish photos. It was not even allowed. Oh, yeah. Disney wouldn't allow that. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. They wouldn't allow it. So that's a really big change. Of course, it's gotten a lot bigger over the years. It's like 300 and something pages i can't even remember right now over 350 and and you know we we printed more you know so that's one thing that changed um and then of course different formats of it came out so people started asking for an ability to like rearrange the pages or add them or take them out and so we introduced the deluxe edition which is like a six ring binder and they can then so then they, they can take out the pages from last year and put in the the new ones from this year and or just use just the pockets that really or whatever they want. And then then of course we did other books in different formats than that even. You know, speaking of the pictures, I remember reading uh just this past week as I was preparing for this that the year that Disney started allowing unofficial publications like Passporter to use photos, uh you guys kind of were the first ones to do that because you go to press later in the year than the right. others. And so yeah. everybody else had already gone to press for the next year by the time that they, that was allowed. So you got them in before anybody else. It's true. But Burn Moms always had better photos back then. These days they just have better photos of characters because those still aren't allowed. But, you know, but still it was cool. And it's true. We have a later uh, publication date. We don't we don't bring our 2017 edition out in print in September, um, the way some other books do, and probably we should, but we just don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we're we're a very small business, so it doesn't work that way for us. Right. And with how fast Disney changes things, even going to press later, there's still things that are different by the time that people can actually get it in their hands. That's right. Uh, you have an online version of this basically so that people can get the most up-to-date information right well so that's actually something that's really brand new that's just starting so what we have are that are just rolling out right now they're called live guides and we have one right now and it's for disneyland and it's kept always up to date so you can always you know when you go in and read something you know that it's hasn't changed. We change it every day whenever news comes in. And so then Walt Disney World and Disney Cruise Line, the editions will be coming out in the live guide format in September. So we're working on them right now. 
And it, it's, it, I got to tell you how it's so cool to be able to do this because for years, whenever I would send a book in to be printed, like Disney would announce something really huge, like the next day. And I'd be like, no, please, no. Right. But now, now with this format, I can keep it up to date all the time. It is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really psyched about this. <laughs> so it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And in fact, I don't know of any, I don't know of any other book that's doing this. I'm sure there's someone out there. I can't be the first one that came up with this idea, but I, where it's all database driven. So we update a database and it brings all the, it pulls the information in. So whether it's online or the PDF, it's, it's like fresh. It's so cool. Oh yeah. It's like, it took me like, took me like two years to program it. So I'm, it's like my baby right now. <laughs> yeah. So if something is referenced multiple places in the book, you can change it that one place in the database. And then where it, right. whatever portion of the guide someone's accessing, it pulls that current information. Right. Yep. That is really and smart. It, 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 is, it is very cool. And going forward, we'll be able to include um, like extra information in those versions as well, since they're in a different kind of, they're in a different format. So, you know, they're online or PDF. They're not constrained by a book with printed pages that you can't exceed, right? And that's also very cool to be able to do. Yeah. Uh, and then mm. I assume it's it's mobile accessible or mobile yes, friendly it also. Is. We built it. Yeah, we built it to be mobile friendly first. So it's uh, it's very mobile friendly. And we also made all of the worksheets. Um, they're all online. And the data gets saved to our system. So it's cloud-based. And that means that you can access it from wherever you are, which is also cool because, you know, it's cool to put it – like some people love the print book. But more and more these days, um, we're, we're doing our planning online. So that I – like I used – I used my tools to plan and I went into Disneyland in January and it was really neat to be able to pull it up wherever I was, you know, whether I had left my iPad back at the room, I just pulled up on my phone. Right. So, yep. Now, one of the things that makes Passporter unique that kind of was the thing that sparked everything was the pass pockets in a digital edition. There's not a place to tuck your receipt, but can you like take a photo of your receipt and attach yeah, it to that so, day? So, Yes. But not yet. But yes, it will be coming. So right now we have trip planning tools that are kind of simulate what you see on the front of a pass pocket. But in the future, there will be like, I guess, virtual pass pockets where you can do the same thing that you're doing. So planning on the front, taking a photo of receipts or any other paper things that you want that would be then attached to that pass pocket and then a place to put your memories. And if you really want, you can print it out. If you really want, but if not, it'll still look like a pass pocket and have all your stuff saved there. So, oh, that's cool. really exciting. That's definitely you know, it is. Yeah, what you've already done yeah. is exciting, and then what you've got planned is too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. there was intermediate steps between that first passporter and the live guides. Now, what was the next step after the Walt Disney World guidebook? Okay, so after we came out with. The Walt Disney World Guidebook in 99, um, we made a website because that's what you did back then, right? right? Even back in the dark <laughs> ages, right? And it was more like a brochure site. But we quickly realized that our readers wanted more than just a place to buy a book. And we, of course, we were putting updates on our site. So we started a message board. Um, just like a year later, and we still have that message board today. It has gone through many, many versions of software, of course, but that was actually a pretty big deal. 
uh, back then to have a message board and it became very active. So, yeah. Um, and that I think also made a difference in how we did Passporter as well because of all the input that we got from people um, and all their contributions mm-hmm. and a community, an amazing community. It's a, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to our community. <laughs> Yeah, it is a great community. I, I'm so busy, I don't get a chance to participate very much. But when I am in there, yeah, yeah it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. okay, what was the next? Like, kind of, if you can, just kind of walk me through how things went from those first couple of steps to today. Kind of, maybe the major okay, landmarks. Okay, so then, okay, so yeah, after that, I think we came out with the deluxe edition again. That was based on feedback, and then. Um, we it, we finally decided to go on a cruise and uh, decided it was really cool. I was really concerned at first it would be weird, <laughs> but um, I fell in love with the cruise and they were like, hey, we should do a cruise guidebook. And so we did. And um, and then I'd say the next book after that was just Disneyland and that's in 2006. And then around that time, we started doing ebooks because that People start asking for ebooks, right? We're like, okay, we could do ebooks. So, we, other people would, jo- would come on and we would publish their ebooks. We still do. We still publish all the ebooks we ever had. Uh, so, like our Disney Vacation Club guide, and we have guides to Disneyland Paris and British holiday makers, um, you know, so what it's like to come over here as a Brit, and um, several tips books. Um, some of them are also in print, but they started as ebooks. And then we put our Walt Disney World and Disney Cruise Line books into basically ebooks as well um, and offered them free to people that, you know, um, got a print book. And we added our photo archive. And then somewhere, I don't know, maybe five years ago, maybe a little longer, I started realizing that we had this huge website and it was basically me doing it. <laughs> um, and I had to learn a whole lot more to make this like really happen. And I started learning the languages and the databases that we use. And um, and then I started programming our site to be more, so just something out of the box that was sort of stitched together. I started programming it to be like a custom whips, you know, so something more specific to our needs. And that's what I've been mostly doing since then, other than, of course, new books, right? <laughs> Coming out with new books every year. So, yeah. Wow. And then where did the podcast come into everything? Podcast happened when Facebook was sort of new. And I was thinking, well, here we here we have the social media thing, right? We've already, we've always had social media. We just didn't call it that, right? But so basically here's this Facebook thing and I guess I need stuff to like talk about on here. <laughs> and so I actually thought, well, if I had a weekly podcast, I'd have something to talk about. That sounds kind of silly. I know, but like that really is genuinely what went through my head. And um, and Sarah had offered to do a podcast with me and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to take her up on the offer. So um, she had the first idea and it took me a year, and then I said, yes, I can do that. Okay, and I actually have it pulled up on my phone here. It looks like your first episode was January 28th, 2010. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so over five years ago? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, about six and a half yeah. by now. Right, yeah, yeah, right, six and a half, yeah. Yeah, I love doing the podcast with Sarah. Like, it's our chance to, like, talk and catch up, and we would just record part of it and, and then release it. It's basically what it is. Right. Yeah. I can tell. I can tell from listening to it. Yeah, we just, we, we chat. <laughs> yeah. I started listening 
I guess it was pretty early on because it would have been right around the time of that first Walt Disney World trip for me, which was later uh-huh. that year that you started. And, okay. you know, now six years later, roughly for me, I'm still listening. And you guys are up to episode 344 is the one that came out this week. Yeah. That's a lot of episodes. <laughs> Do you realize how much talking that is? <laughs> if you were to add all that up, that's a lot of talking. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think I can see I'm I'm actually a much better writer than I am a talker. So this is it's podcasts are never actually that easy for me. I I'm very I'm very quiet and shy. And that's why I write. <laughs> yeah. And that's why my show is entirely interviews, because then I don't talk very much. <laughs> that's a good idea. So, yeah, I, I completely relate. <laughs> so when you created that very first book, did you ever imagine it would turn into what it has? I did not. When I made the first book, I really thought it was just another book that I was writing along with the other books that I had written and I did not imagine it would become a thing. I would not, I did not imagine I'd still be doing it nearly 20 years later. And then essentially it would become my like career, right? Um, it just, it just took on a life of its own really very quickly. Uh, when our first books, we, we got like a, a hundred copies from our printer to use as press copies, um, intending to send them out, you know, to get reviews or whatever. But people kept asking for them, and we actually sold all of those copies. Like, and then we were out before we could even get like the real ones. We're like, okay, I guess you guys are interested in the book. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Wow. So, was that when you realized it had kind of outgrown that original vision, or was there a point later where you were like, wow, this is really a lot bigger than I ever expected or planned for it to be? Well, the original vision was a Walt Disney World book, but there was an idea in the back of our heads that it could be a travel series. And by that, I mean, like Passporters New York City, right? Or Passporters um, Paris, right? That sort of thing. But obviously that didn't happen. And so when we got around to doing the Disney Cruise Line book, I realized that instead of going into a broad direction, we were focusing on Disney because that's where people asked us to write stuff. So that's what we did, right? Um, and that, at that point, I realized it's different. And then, you know, of course, all the other books. <laughs> mm-hmm. So is there any thought now about going back to that plan and doing like Passporters New York or something like that? Or is that just, no, that's not going to happen. We're doing Disney. This is our thing. The world has changed so much in 20 years. So much. Um, print books are not the what they used to be at all. I don't think that many publishers even think about starting new print book lines. Um, fiction, but a lot of fiction comes out as in the ebook these days, um, or in other formats. You know, so uh, no, I don't think that. I think that people get their information in different ways than guidebooks. I, I think I'm noticing the same kind of thing, and I think it's interesting that. You haven't, as you're facing that uh, shift, that instead of saying, okay, well, we'll just take our print book and do it as an ebook, that you're kind of re-envisioning the whole thing to be something that today's user, reader, guest is going to get more use out of instead of just an ebook version of the same thing, which I think is what a lot of people would do. Right. I mean, and we've had our ebook for a while. I guess maybe five years now and it's fine, you know, but it can be more and I have the ability to make it more. So I am. 
Mm -hmm. Right. I don't, I don't want it to to be just be aesthetic book. I really, it really kind of, it's always bugged me that I'm not able to go in there and just change it as it updates. Um, But now with the live guides, I can do that. And it's really, it's really huge for me. Yeah. I know you're just working on the one right now for Disneyland. I say just like it's a tiny little thing. It's huge, but you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the one that's released, but Walt Disney World and Disney Cruise Line, I I worked on both of them today. Oh, okay. So they're just not out yet, but we're working, they will be out soon. Gotcha. Have you had a point yet where you think, oh, I just need to go in and make this one little change. And then three hours later, you're still doing it and making all these other changes because it's just so much fun. Yes, that that happens a lot. And because it's so easy to change things now, I do. I'll end up being like, hey, I need to fix all these things, right? So I just sit there and I actually, I enjoy it a lot more than the traditional way, which is to use, um, you know, publishing software that is kind of clunky and kind of slow on my computer and kind of finicky, right? This is like so much more cooler. Plus, people can like see my work right away. Like, that's always been kind of difficult for me. Mm. Like, I do these things. I'm it's like, it's like I'm toiling in obscurity. No one knows about all these cool things I wrote, right? And except for like six months later, right? But right. now it's immediate. It's immediate. And it's really, it's it's like a different, it's a, it's a different feeling. Uh-huh. I like it a lot. I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, that really makes a lot of sense. You know, by the time before somebody would finally see what you'd written, you might have forgotten that you'd written it. You were I know. doing so right? many other things. <laughs> And now someone exactly. says, oh, this is a really cool thing that you did. And like, I did that yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I could tell everybody about it too. Like I can say, hey, look at this thing I made, right? I can like link it out, which wasn't an option before. Right. Yeah, so. You can't really do that with the print book. You know, take a picture mm-hmm. of it and post, look yeah. what I wrote six months ago. Isn't this neat? <laughs> <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> right. <laughs> So as you've gone through this monumental process and all of these changes and everything like that, what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced along the way doing this? I think the biggest challenge has been the fact that I didn't just write a book, but I we, did, we decided to become the publishers, which meant we started and are running a business. And that is really tough, to be perfectly honest. Um I don't think that I would ever be the kind of person who wants to like do it for fun because it is, it is really hard work to run a business. And I think I much prefer just writing and creating um, rather than doing taxes and worrying about paying bills. Uh (laughs) So that is, it is, it's a really tough thing to have to do that along with everything else. It's like, it's like I have so many hats, right? And I, I think that it would be easier if I could just focus on what I do best which is not running a business, but it is writing and making things, right? That is, that's my thing. Other than that, I think um, just being able to, like, like I said, the world has changed so much in 20 years. Like it's kind of crazy. In fact, when you think about it, I mean, we didn't even you know Facebook. I don't even know. Is that like about 10 years old at this point? I think maybe not even quite, I don't know. YouTube, YouTube started the year my son was born. That was all, all that stuff came after passporter started and so we have had to adapt along with it and sometimes the adaption is okay but sometimes it's rough right Um, because we weren't thinking along those lines and the other people who let's say a wordpress blog it's a really good example um you can make a wordpress wordpress blog today and you know uh 
you know, put in some awesome articles and do it, you know, for uh, several months. And you can actually get a lot of attention that way. You can get into Google search results and that kind of thing. We're actually really, really well. And I know because I've done it. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it. I've seen it happen. So I speak with authority here. And like, but all you did really was write an awesome blog, which is not, I'm not saying that's like no big deal, but, but it is, it is hard on to, to have started from like a, we have like an old website at this point that it is not, you know, although, I mean, I, I just recently switched it over to mobile friendly, but it wasn't for a long time. Right. So I think aging gracefully is also a challenge, right? It's only going to, there's only, I don't even know what's going to come in the next decade. I just, whatever blows my mind to think about it. Like, you know, will we, will we even be able to do that? Like, I think that videos are going to be more and more, important and like how do i do a video right (laughs) no one wants to sit there and watch me talking about disney right (laughs) so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i know what you mean and if i remember right isn't in the last few months that you reformatted your weekly newsletter too so that it would be more mobile friendly I talked about how I'm going to do it, but ah. I haven't done it yet. Yes. Which you have a very good memory. So yes, that we, we actually talked about it on the podcast, but it turns out to be a lot. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A very special thank you to Jennifer Marks for being my guest and to you for listening. Come back next time for much more from her. Remember to contact me for more information or to get a quote for the podcast cruise on the Disney Wonder in September of 2017. We are less than a year away now, and I want you to join us. If you missed the details when I first announced it, Richard and Sarah Woloski from Skywalking Through Neverland and I talked all about it in episode 119 of this podcast. I'll link to that episode in the show notes here for you so you can get right to it, or you can just email me at cruise at storiesofthemagic.com, and I will fill you in personally. No obligation, no expectation. If you've got questions, feel free to email me, and I'll give you the answers. If you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, you've written a book, created a website, you're blogging, writing, or performing music, art, whatever it may be, maybe even up to and including creating a guidebook, but it doesn't have to be that elaborate. But whatever it is, if you've done it and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, then I want to hear from you. I also want to talk to and hear from people who've worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience, and you've had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic, I would love to hear from you as well. You know, for that matter, if you've had any special Disney experience that you want to share, or if you just want to give a compliment or a thank you to Disney for anything that they've done, let's hear from you. For any of these, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. You know, I'm considering adding a speak pipe form or a speak pipe option to the website. I haven't done it yet, and if it's something that you would find helpful, maybe you've considered calling in feedback, but you missed the number or something, or you'd really just like something that's more convenient, like SpeakPipe, if you happen to know what that is. If that's something that you'd like me to add, please let me know. And you know, If enough of you tell me that it's something that you'd like to have as an option for you, then I will definitely add it to the website. But in the meantime, you've got the email address and the listener feedback line that you're welcome to call. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, Stitcher Radio, or through Google Play Music. 
If you like the show, please rate and review it in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. It really helps. And after about a year, ratings drop off. So if you rated the show, but it's been more than about a year, please come back in, take just a couple of minutes to update your review or leave a new one, because that really does help uh, in getting exposure for the podcast, which I don't really care about getting exposure for me in this, but it gets exposure for the guests. It gets exposure for the people who come on and share their hearts and share their stories and share what they've done or what they've created. And I'd love to get that out there more. And you can help me to do that. You can help them to do that. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash stories of the magic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash stories of magic and tweet out that you're listening or pin it on Pinterest. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories. And this tale continues next time. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.